together this morning in our living rooms apart, but still together in spirit as we worship you and lift your name on high. Please, Lord, let us not have a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We thank you for allowing us the ability to still meet despite what's going on in the world around us. And I pray, Lord, for the people that are sick, out of work, or even lonely during this time. I pray that we be the church that you have called us to be. For now is the time for your people to step up and be Christ to a broken world. Fill us with your spirit, Lord, as we live this message of generosity to the communities around us. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, Jackson Creek. Thank you for joining us online. Before Pastor Jason brings the message, we just wanted to share with you a few things today as we move forward in these uncertain times. First, we want you to know that your pastors and your staff and your leaders here at Jackson Creek, we love you so very much, and we are praying for you and for your family and for your safety. Please reach out to us and let us know if there is anything that we could do to serve you during this time. Also, we are asking that you please stay flexible. We are trying to stay up to date each day in doing our part as a church to flatten the curve of the COVID-19 virus. And this means that where and how we meet might change. But one thing we are committed to is connecting with you virtually through our online and Facebook experience each week at 10 o'clock a.m. If you'd like to help others during this season, know someone or are in need of assistance yourself, please go to our website, jacksoncreekfc.com. Just click on the assistance link at the top of our homepage and someone will respond to you within 24 hours. Join us this Wednesday night at 7 o'clock p.m. for a special time of prayer. We will be hosting a Facebook Live watch event and we will be leading our church in a time of prayer and a word of hope during these uneasy and uncertain times. And finally, please don't forget to give. Remember, there are three ways to give, online, text, and mail into the church. We are so thankful for each one of you and your faithful generosity, and it is being used to touch so many lives. Now let's hear from Pastor Jason as he shares the incredible story of how God used a famine to increase the faith of a prophet and a widow, and how he used their circumstances to then overcome fear and grow in their faith. Good morning. Thanks for joining us again this week online for our online experience here at Jackson Creek Fellowship Church and uh, we just want to welcome you to our services and uh, we trust that you've had a wonderful week and uh, we trust that um, you're staying safe and that you're uh, walking with the Lord and living your life in relationship to God. If you would this morning open your Bibles to 1 Kings 17 and we're going to look at verses 12 through 14 this morning. And as you turn there, I want to remind you that we're in a series entitled Overflow. Our staff and our team and our pastors kind of talk through, like, should we continue to discuss generosity given the time of season that we're in? And we believed, uh, as we had prayed about this uh, several months ago, that this is the direction that God wanted us to go. And today, the, the message and the topic that we're going to address is overcoming the fear of living generously. You know, it does sound kind of strange, but we do want you to grow in generosity, even with the uncertainty of our times, we believe this is our chance to be the church and to love others for the sake of the gospel. We believe that this is our chance to express our faith in real and tangible ways. 
to express our faith in ways that could bless and change the future destinies of those individuals that God is calling us to love and those individuals that God is calling us to serve. Some things we do seem crazy to people, but it's driven by the unexpected, over-the-top love of God. Christ's love moves us to be generous with our lives in ways that are remarkable. And if you know Christ, and if you're following Jesus, the grace of God should have such a grip on your heart that it's motivating you to do for others. Because we believe that generosity at its core is a lifestyle. It's a way of being. It's a part of your character. It's a part of who you are at a baseline level. You see, generosity is a lifestyle which we share all that we have as a demonstration of God's love and a response to His grace. Generosity results in practically sharing with others what we've been given for the advancement of the kingdom and for the glory of God. And what we've been talking about for the last four weeks is this. Christ's love is all about others greater than me. When we understand the sweet love of God and how Jesus Christ came and gave his life as a ransom for all of those who would put their faith and trust in him and would receive the forgiveness of sins and have that right relationship with God, we believe those who have experienced that and who know Jesus in that way would leverage their entire lives for the good of others. This, le- this week, as we look at 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 12 through 14, we want to look at how generous people support ministry. And this is great to consider, especially during the events that are currently surrounding us in our nation. But I want to tell you a little story from the history of Israel, where a great famine covers the land from a drought. We see in this story that it was a hard time. And it was a famine that didn't last for weeks or months, but it was a famine that lasted for years. In fact, in those days when there was a famine, there were no McDonald's, there were no Chipotles, there were no Pizza Huts. Basically, there was nothing to eat. They couldn't even access the drive-thrus instead of actually going into the restaurant. When we say famine, sometimes for us, that's hard to even put our head around, but there was no food in sight and no relief in sight. But there's this man of God in 1 Kings chapter 17, a man by the name of Elijah, a man who was in the ministry. He was a man who was doing an important work. But the problem was is that Elijah could only serve God if he had food. And that's kind of an essential element to a successful ministry and probably even just to a a successful life. It's this crazy story that builds our faith when we consider how God blesses the faith of his people when they work together for the good of others. And what we learn from the story in 1 Kings chapter 17 is that we all play, every one of us, we play a role in advancing the kingdom and advancing the gospel. Earlier in Elijah's ministry, there's this National Geographic moment. It's set in the wilderness by a stream. And it involves some ravens that were directed by God with a food delivery instinct. But there comes a point where the stream dries up and there's no more water, there's no more food. And so God, in 1 Kings chapter 17, sends Elijah on a difficult mission. This was a mission that would test his faith. And it would test the faith of the widow that he was going to minister to. I want to tell you this morning, God wants to build our faith and he wants to bless us when we trust him. God sends Elijah to a foreign country. And he tells him he'll find support there from a widow, a vulnerable person, much like 
Ruth that we studied several weeks ago. And I'll be honest with you, as I read this story, it's pretty crazy to even consider. It's pretty crazy to fathom that God would ask Elijah to make a request that he was going to make to this poor widow woman. But I want to tell you, this is what God does. He uses unexpected people in unexpected ways to further his work and bless others so that he ultimately gets the glory. So that we can't take credit, but so that God gets all the glory. So what does Elijah do? Elijah goes and he finds this widow woman. He goes and he finds her and he asks her for some water, which she supplies. If you would, look with me in verse number 8. The Bible says, Then the word of the Lord came to him, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I've commanded a widow there to feed you. So he arose and he went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and he said, Bring me a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to bring it, he called to her and said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. And now I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat and that we may die. Elijah does something difficult. He asks for food from an underprivileged, vulnerable woman struggling to feed her own family. Man, doesn't that sound familiar? The days in which we're living in right now seem very uncertain. Many of us are losing income. Many of us are losing work. And yet, here it is, God is calling us to be generous. Just like he did in this story in 1 Kings chapter 17. Even when we don't know what the outcome is going to be, God is asking us to trust him. I can't imagine that this is easy for Elijah. In fact, it kind of sounds selfish, and I'm sure she thought to herself, as Elijah is asking him this, why would he even do this? Why would he even ask this? Why would he make this request? But I'm going to tell you, it's an act of trust for both of them. Elijah has to trust God will keep his promise to provide for her family and for him. She has to trust God will meet her needs, even if she gives from her meager resources. The question is, is will they trust God's promises? I want to pick up the story in verse number 13. The Bible says, and Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but first make me a little cake of it and bring it to me. And afterward, make something for yourself and something for your son. For the Lord, the God of Israel, says, the jar of flour shall not be spent. And the jug of oil shall not be empty until the day the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And she went and she did as Elijah said. And she and he and her household ate for many days. In verse 16, the Bible says the jar of flour was not spent, neither did the jug of oil become empty according to the word of the Lord spoke by Elijah. Friends, I want to remind you this morning that God responded to their faith by supplying everyone's needs. Because Elijah asked, and she responded, there was food for her, there was food for her son, and there was food for Elijah, and they did not run out. Because she responded, there was food for everyone, which helped Elijah and God's work through Elijah. So, what can we learn from this story tucked away in the Old Testament? The first thing that I think that we can learn as we consider a life of generosity as we consider overcoming the fear of living generous lives, 
the first thing that we see is generosity invests in God's work. I want you to think for just a moment about the rest of the story. If you're not familiar with the Bible, we need to understand really the history of Israel. They were a people who, when things were good, worshipped God, and then uh, they would start turning their hearts away from God, and then in a season of blessing, they would again turn away, and then God would send judgment and, and difficulty and hardship to them. And so bad leadership led the people to abandon their worship of the one true God. In fact, what they did was they pursued a horrific worship system that included prostitution, self-mutilation, and even child sacrifice. You see, Elijah became a critical leader in the religious reform to bring back Israel to the worship of the one true God and to remove these vile practices. And friends, this morning, I want you to understand, it was a vulnerable widow with very little resource who was trusting God to supply her needs that kept Elijah going in the ministry and in the work of God. Please do not underestimate the critical part of the story that she plays. She invested in God's work and was a part of a national work of God. So this morning when we, when we speak of ministry, when we think about Jackson Creek Fellowship Church, we're not talking about just the ministry of the pastors. We're talking about the ministry of the church, the mission, the mandate that we have been given to make disciples that make disciples. We're talking about the one-on-one -on -one ministry that's going on every week in our church, of our church reaching out to their neighbors and meeting the needs of their friends, their loved ones, their coworkers, and even their family. You see, when we speak of ministry, we're talking about our food pantry. Yesterday, our food pantry lined up and fed about 50 families that were in need of food during the season uh, of crisis. We're talking about our kids' ministry, making sure that our kids continue to grow in their love and knowledge of Jesus Christ. We're talking about our closing club, our clothing closet, the ability that our church has to make sure that people in our community that do not have enough clothing have clothing to put on their backs. We're talking about our new impact ministry, this new ministry where two ladies in our church just said, enough is enough. There's way too many homeless kids in our community that do not have their basic needs. And so we're going to step into that space and we're going to serve and we're going to make sure they have what they need. And we're going to tell them about the love of God. And we're going to tell them about the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, everything that our church does to reach the forgotten and the far from God, that's the ministry. And when you give and when you live generously and when you leverage your life and your resources, you're supporting that ministry. When you faithfully give over these next several weeks, even though we're not gathering together in a physical location, every single dollar that you give goes to the furtherance and advance of the gospel here and around the world. This is what we mean when we're talking about supporting the ministry. Our pastors, we believe, are here to equip you for the work that God has called us to, not just the pastors, but what God has called us to as followers of Jesus Christ. You see, not all of us are called to be Elijah, but we're all called to live with faith. We're all called to live with generosity, and we're all called to advance the gospel. And if anyone should live by faith in this season, it should be those of us who call themselves followers of Jesus Christ, because we can actually make a difference. We can actually bring forth a transformation and a renewal that no other organization on this planet can bring. And so this morning, on behalf of all of our pastors, I want to encourage you. In fact, I want to challenge you that it's 
our time to step up generously, to step up generously with the resources to advance the work of God. You see in this story with Elijah and this widow and with God that there's this synergy. He stepped out in faith to do a dangerous work for God. She stepped out in faith to support it. They served together, each in their own specific way. And I want to tell you something this morning. Partnership always advances the kingdom work. This isn't a one-man show. This isn't a few select. But God has called all of us into the work of ministry to reach others with the good news of the gospel. And I want to tell you, if this story teaches us anything, it teaches us this. Generous people trust God to meet their needs as they support his work. I've seen it time and time again. People changed by God's love trust God to supply their needs as they give and they live for the good of others. And so we see that generous people invest in the work of God. But one of the things that we don't want to miss in the story is this, is that generosity is an act of faith. Hey, listen, we don't want to miss that. We understand that, that this is a, a very important truth in this passage. This poor widow woman who was in a desperate situation with mouths of her own to feed had a moment. She had an opportunity and she had the potential to trust God. I'm going to tell you, I imagine it wasn't easy for her. And I would say to you this morning, it probably shouldn't have been. In fact, faith never comes easy. It's only developed in the moments we trust God with the greatest difficulties that we're faced with. She did that, and many were impacted by her simple decision to trust the promises of God. I think it was Warren Wiersbe that once said, faith that can't be tested is a faith that can't be trusted. Friends, mark my words. I believe that we are living in the days in which God is going to test our faith, to see what really is revealed and what we are really trusting in as followers of Jesus Christ and worshipers of God. In times like these, there's this natural tendency to hoard what we have. Those with money and resources will have no problem gaining access to their daily needs, but the less privileged will struggle we, as a church, we as disciples of Jesus Christ, we as worshipers of God, we must, we must be generous. I want to challenge our church to make sure that you continue living generously during the season. Yes, give to the mission of Jackson Creek. We depend solely on the offerings of others. But we also want you to consider tangible and financial ways in which you could bless the lives of others. We studied the life of Ruth a few weeks ago, and her generosity of love and devotion led to the birth of a king and the savior, savior of humanity. Don't forget that God will use your generosity in unexpected ways to impact the lives of others. Your pastors want to see you experience God's power on your life as you step out in faith, trusting the promises of God to impact the lives of others in the way in which you live and you love the vulnerable, the way in which you love and live towards those who are in need. We believe, we genuinely believe that this is our time to step up and love those who've been forgotten, to step up and love those who are far from God. So we believe that generous people invest in the work of God. We also believe that generous people exercise their faith. Generosity is an act of faith. But we also believe that generosity empowers our church. You see, we believe that God will use our giving. 
We believe that God will use our praying to empower the plan that he, is, that he has given to us to expand the kingdom and the gospel in this community. He'll use our faith. He'll use our commitment to generosity, our commitment to serving, our commitment to prayer, not just to reach our community, our neighbors, but likely even the world. Friends, I want to remind you this morning that generosity, if it's not motivated, motivated by love, it is not generosity. But generosity motivated by love, built on trust, will empower this church to reach people disconnected from Christ and people disconnected from the church. In fact, someone once said that the greatest apologetic to the message of the gospel is love. Oftentimes, Christians can be known for a lot of different things. We can be known as obnoxious. We can be known as dogmatic. In fact, oftentimes, Christians can be identified as being unloving. And if there's ever been an opportunity, and if there's ever been a season in our culture and in our society where we are ripe with opportunity, it's right now. And so we're calling on you to step out in faith, to step out in love, to step out in generosity, to do so in ways in which people step back and say, why are you doing this? And it just opens the door for us to have a gospel conversation that says, God loved me so much that he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for my sins so that I could be right with God and so that I could have a home in heaven. And the reason why that I'm being so generous and the reason why that I'm leveraging my life and my time and my energy to serve you in this moment is because Jesus did the same thing for me 2,000 years ago. And I'd like to invite you to know this Jesus the way that I know Jesus. You know, our challenge to you is to remember that your faithful generosity allows our church and its mission not just to survive, but to thrive as we continue to reach people. As we continue to follow through on the mission and the mandate of making disciples of Jesus Christ. Every week as we go on throughout this season of self-isolation and the smaller gatherings, we're hearing stories of people serving one another. We're hearing people of having gospel conversations. We're, we're hearing about opportunities in which our folks those who attend Jackson Creek, those who would call this their church family, stepping into spaces to minister to, to love, and to give to those who are vulnerable. And so, again, we want to challenge you, not just to give. Yes, please give. Please go online and give to our church and continue to further the mission of Jackson Creek. We want to challenge you not just to give, but to lovingly serve your neighbors in this time of uncertainty. We have a calling. We have a responsibility to offer up hope in a time of fear, to offer up certainty in a time of uncertainty. And we, as followers of Jesus Christ, we must be ready to give an answer of hope. And so I want to ask you today, are you generously investing in the work of God? Are you living and leveraging your life, your resources, your time, your energy, your money, so that the church continue to move forward with the mission of God. These are incredible days. Some of our days are filled with uncertainty. Some days we're pivoting. But these are not days to complain. These are days in which we as Christians, full of the Holy Spirit, can step up and serve and love others so generously that they too become connected to Christ and the church. So if you're listening online today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, would you please just take a minute 
and reach out to us through one of our social media avenues. Or would you go to our website, jacksoncreekfc.com, and email us and let us know that you have an interest in knowing what it means to follow Jesus Christ, to be forgiven of your sins, and to be right with God. And Jackson Creek and those who call this your church home and church family, would you please get online, send us an email. On our website, on the very front page, there's a a link there where you can click on where it says help. And if you'd like to volunteer to help others who are self-isolating or to be available to minister to those in need, please click on that link. Reach out to us so that we can get you plugged in and connected with those in need. And if you're in need and you need assistance and we can help and minister to you in any way, please click that link and shoot us an email so that we can connect you with someone from our church who could bless, serve, and minister to you in that way. And church, let me remind you, as we close out today, we are so thankful. Our church has been crazy generous over the years. But please do not forget to continue to support the mission and the work of Jackson Creek Fellowship Church. We want you to know that the mission is still moving forward. We are working around the clock to make sure that we are doing all that God has called us to do and to equip you and resource you so that you can be the disciple that you need to be and so that you can make the disciples that God has called us to make. Again, from all of our pastors, we just want you to know how much we love you. We're spending extra time in prayer for you. And if there is any way in which we can help you, please do not hesitate to reach out to us because we are here and we are available and we want you to know that. Thank you. We'll see you next week. Have a great week. Go and be the hands and feet of Jesus. Thank you for watching. Go be Jesus to someone.